What's up, guys? It's Arav. And this is Arsh. And welcome or welcome back to the Two Brothers in Their Sports podcast. Hope you guys are having a really, really good week because this episode is going to be really incredible for you guys. We're going to start off by doing a recap of the NFL Week 5 games and then looking ahead to NFL Week 6, which games will be the most exciting that you guys should focus on this Sunday. Also, we're going to talk about the MLB playoffs that have been going on, how they've been going, and our predictions for World Series winners this year, Kyrie Irving's vaccination status, and how we think that will impact the Nets this season, for better or for worse. And then finally, our weekly segment, Two Brothers, Two Picks, this week for Week 6, and it's two players each of us think you should definitely start for your fantasy football lineup that are very accessible for you guys in your fantasy leagues. So my biggest surprise of the week is the Packers beating the Bengals 25-22 to in overtime. And what's really surprising is that Mason Crosby attempted seven field goals. Seven field goals. That's 21 points. And he missed four. I mean, he missed three of them. That is just crazy. And the, the Packers got very lucky that they, that they won this game because... The kicker for the Bengals also missed two field goals out of two attempts, and they would have won the game if they had made their kicks. So neither team was doing great kicking, and I think that's the reason that this was a surprise because Mason Crosby is known as one of the best kickers in NFL history. I think you would agree with that. But when he's off, he is really off. Like when you, I don't know if you guys remember when he had when he hit the crossbar four times one game. I mean, when he is off, he is like extremely off. Like you cannot rely on him at all. But other than that, I don't think hitting the crossbar is off. I just think that's just a thing of luck. And just him four, barely or multiple missing. times in one game. I don't know if it was four times, but I remember a couple years ago, Mason Crosby missed numerous kicks in a game. And when that was obviously granted, that was multiple years ago. But still, whenever Mason Crosby's off his game, he is really off his game. So anyway, as I was saying, I believe that this team is a good. Both teams are very good. Joe Burrow. If he plays a little bit better, might even be an MVP contention. But I just think that these guys are playing very well. But what needs to be stepped up is the kicking game. Now, my biggest fail of the, the week five is going to be the Bills beating the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes has just been off his game. He had the same amount of touchdowns. He had interceptions. Didn't reach three hundred yards. Pa- three hundred yards passing. But he was the leading rusher for his team. But also, McCall Hartman was the leading catcher and with the most yards out of anyone. So I think that Mahomes is going to have to do a better job. His defense is going to have to help him out. And then this team can become really good. So my biggest surprise from Week 5 is actually going to be the Browns versus Chargers game. So this game was very, very close. It was 47-42, a shootout. Both teams got going very early on, and it stayed throughout the whole game. Baker Mayfield was incredible. Nick Chubb was even more incredible. And this this team is really showing that they're able, the, the Browns, are able to compete with anyone, and all doubts about them have definitely vanished. And Justin Herbert led his team to with almost 400 yards, four touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. And Eckler was incredible on the day. 
5 for 53 in a touchdown on on receiving, and then 17 for 66 in two touchdowns on rushing. So this, all in all, was a shootout. We're, we're seeing Mike Williams and the development of him actually becoming a wide receiver one. Somewhat unreliable after last week, but I mean two weeks ago, but still a wide receiver one nonetheless. And the Browns running game is showing. Their offensive line is really carrying them. And the run game, the one-two punch of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I don't know if you guys remember, Kareem Hunt, when he was on the Chiefs, was one of the best running backs in the game. And it was only his rookie season. So he is very good. He still has that kind of talent. It's just because he's a backup. And this week, he will not be a backup because Nick Chubb is out. So if you have him in fantasy, definitely start him. But it was just incredible to see Nick Chubb, uh, I mean, uh, Kareem Hunt prospering under Nick Chubb, even though both of them did very, very good. Now, my biggest disappointment for Week 5 was the was the Bears versus Raiders. The Raiders only put up 9 points on the Chicago Bears defense, which this year has been subpar. And then the Bears hung 20 on the Raiders' defense. Granted, that's not that good. But you have Justin uh, Fields starting there. And he he was subpar. I mean, three carries for four yards, 111 yards, and a touchdown through the air. And he could not get going. The Raiders were able to get everything going except in the red zone. Nothing was going for them in the red zone. And that's why the final score shows this. Now, it's, it's really... It's... It's closer than this shows, but the fact that the Raiders were a loss to the Bears and the Bears were able to have that kind of defensive production gives the Bears, I think would should give the Bears a ton of hope going into week six, especially because their defense has been one of their biggest disappointments in the past few years after they were one of the best defenses in the NFL. So that is my biggest disappointment, the Raiders' offensive lack of production. Now, two games I'm looking forward to in week six. The first game is the Chargers versus Ravens, two top 10 offenses in my opinion. They're both very good. Justin Herbert is, after last week, is going to be fueled to do even better. Austin Eckler is arguably the number one running back uh, right now in the league and uh, in terms of this year. And Lamar Jackson leads the Ravens in rushing after a huge day last week, had more offensive production than 18 NFL teams. So he... He's really motivated. Hollywood Brown's motivated as well. He is coming off a big day. So is Mark Andrews. I think this will be a shootout, not as much as the Raiders game. I mean, as the uh, Chargers game last week against the Browns, but it still will be a shootout nonetheless. Now, the second game I'm most excited about is the Chiefs versus Washington. This may not sound like a really good game, especially because Washington's defense has been very bad, but Taylor Heineke's facing arguably the worst pass defense in the NFL and he should be able to prosper with Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson getting going as well. I expect Washington to actually win this. And their deep, with Patrick Mahomes' struggles and their defense will show out, this should be a W for Washington. So two games that I'm looking forward to are the Vikings versus the Panthers game. Both 2-3. and three. The Panthers are 3-2, and two, Vikings 2-3. and three. But Kirk Cousins has been playing very well. And I can't wait to see what's going to happen with Chubba Hubbard and Sam Darnold, as well as watching what's going to happen with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook is playing in this game, so it's going to be, I think, a high-rushing game and passing game for both teams. DJ Moore, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen all facing off, and then Chubba Hubbard and Dalvin Cook going at it as well as Kirk Cousins, who's playing at an MVP level 
and Sam Darnold, who was leading the league in rushing touchdowns, going at it as well. I think that's going to be a great game. Now, the second game that I'm really looking forward to is the Cardinals versus the Browns. Cardinals 5-0, and Browns 3-2, and but the Browns' top 10 team, as well as the Cardinals, I think the Cardinals are the best team in the NFL right now. And let's see if the Cardinals can keep their streak of being undefeated. You think the Cardinals are the best team in the NFL right now? Yep, especially with just adding a three-time Pro Bowler and Zach Ertz. It's Zach Ertz since Max Williams got injured. Zach Ertz, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, Chase Edmonds, James Conner, and Kyler Murray, and that's just on the offense, not even naming defense. But still, you think they're the? I think they're the best offense, no doubt about it. But their defense has been not that great. So you still say they're the best overall team in the NFL like over I the Bills, before, over the Chiefs, like I said before, over the, the Chiefs over the Buccaneers, well at all. Like over the I Buccaneers, before, over the Chargers, over the Browns. Like I said before, I believe that they're the best team in the NFL, and I. I really want to see what's going to happen because the Browns could easily pull off an upset with Kareem Hunt playing as well as he has been, as well as Baker Mayfield. It's going to be a really great game. But Denzel Ward, Jadavion Clowney, all of these guys were limited in practice. So I don't know what's going to happen. I hope that it's going to be a good game and that both teams will show up. But it's going to be, I think, a really good game, a shootout, and we'll see what happens. Okay, so now that the MLB playoff is underway and we're officially in the ALCS, Arsh and I are going to make our predictions for the World Series and talk about what just happened in the... We already talked about the wild card. If you missed that, that episode was the last episode we recorded. But we're going to talk about the ALDS, CS, and the World Series and who we think will win. So to start, we all know that the Red Sox beat the Yankees. So the Red Sox played the, uh, the Rays in the ALDS ended up winning that. That was a very tight series. Um, and the Red Sox are really showing that their ability to uh, their ability to like be the underdog but also come out with the win is incredible. And the fact that they were able to win this series three to one against a race team that was so dominant, barely uses any of their cap, but it still has such great players. Brandon Lau, Kevin Kiermeyer, and the Red Sox also have talent, but so they were all the way in the wild card, and they ended up beating the Rays. So that was incredible. I think that that I I put I personally thought that the Rays would come out of that, but that was a big surprise to me. And then second, Houston versus the Reds, uh, White Sox. That was also uh, shaping out to be a really really good series. And because the Astros are like uh, yearly appearances in here, it's you should just expect them in the ALCS every single year because that's how they perform. They're that good of a team. So they ended up, they actually played the White Sox. They were leading 2-1 and then got the win 3-1. So the Astros, again, very dominant. Like I said, you should expect them here every year. Uh, George Springer left, but they still have Jose Altuve, Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa. So that team is basically unbeatable. Yeah, so the Boston Red Sox are playing the Astros, like you said. I think the Astros are going to come out on top and go to the World Series again. I, I just don't believe that the Red Sox will be able to go this far and not lose. They've come pretty far, but I don't believe that they're that good that they will beat the Astros to make it to the World Series. But what I do think is that on the other side, the Dodgers will win from the wild card to become a World Series team, coming back from the wild card, making it all the way 
to a World Series team against the Braves. I just believe they're a better team. I think that they were the best team in the National League. And though they made the wild card, they beat the best team in the MLB, the best team with the best ranking. And they were one win behind that. So I believe that they are the best team and that there will be no stopping them to getting to the World Series. So it will be Astros, Dodgers for the World Series. And with that, I believe that the Dodgers will come out on top and beat out the Astros to win the World Series. Okay, so I will... I, to make my pick for the Red Sox versus Astros, I think that'll be the Red Sox. I think they'll come all the way from the wild card. They have the underdog. They have the pitching. They have J.D. Martinez. They have all the great uh, pieces they, they need. And they just need to put all that together, which I think they will, and they'll end up making it to the World Series. Now, on the other side, we already talked about the uh, Dodgers versus the uh, Cardinals. But now the Giants versus the Dodgers, that series in the NLDS, was incredible. We saw what happened. The Dodgers just dominated against the team that had the best record in the MLB. And lots of people did not expect the Giants to make it this far. I did expect the Dodgers, however, to make it this far. And then on the other side, Atlanta versus uh, Milwaukee. Uh, and the Braves just were able to come out with the win. Christian Yelich was a very good um, piece of the puzzle for the uh, Brewers. But it did not matter to the Braves. And they ended up getting this win. So now I think... With I think it'll be Boston and against the Braves actually Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna will just overpower the Ram uh not the Rams uh the Dodgers uh pitching and it will not I don't think it'll I think it'll be pretty close but I think the Braves will end up coming out on top and especially with their pitching that is not bad at all and then that leaves the Red Sox versus the Braves World Series and personally I have to go with the Red Sox. I like the underdog story, and I like the fact that they put all their pieces together, especially with Bobby Dalback as the uh, first baseman. So that that hitting is unstoppable, and so is that pitching, especially with Chris Sale. So I think the uh, Red Sox will end up coming out with the World Series win. I think that the Kyrie situation is... Many people are saying that it's a bad situation for the Nets and for Kyrie, but if Kyrie doesn't want to get vaccinated... I support his decision if that's what he personally wants to do. He has a right to doing what he wants. And what he wants is to not get vaccinated. And as of right now, vaccinations are not mandatory. So he is allowed to do whatever he wants. And what he wants is to not get vaccinated, whether he plays for the Brooklyn Nets or not. So I just think that this is maybe this isn't a great situation for the Nets. But Kyrie is allowed to do what he wants. He's a man, and he has his own beliefs, his own ideas, and he can do what he wants. And that's what he's doing here. And people may criticize him for his decision, but if that's what he wants to do, then that's what he wants to do. Okay, so do you think the Nets are better or worse with him, without him? I think that they are worse without him. I don't possibly understand how you can be better without Kyrie Irving on your team. Well, I'll tell you how they can be better. Remember the Brooklyn Nets... That when I mean not the Brooklyn Nets. Remember the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum, the first year he actually exploded, and remember when it was him and Gordon Hayward that took them all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals against LeBron James and the Cavaliers that had no one. But do you listen? Listen, answer me. Imagine in the Eastern Conference Finals. Do you remember that? Imagine if they had. Kyrie in the Eastern Conference they Finals. They the next, won the next year, they had the same exact thing. And guess what happened? They did worse. You know why? Because Kyrie Irving chemistry is a major problem. So 
That's just for the Celtics. So no, that's not. That forever. is not just for the. How okay. do you know that's okay. not just for the Celtics? Because we saw last year when the and Brooklyn last Nets, year when the Brooklyn Nets did not have Kyrie Irving, what was happening? They did the. They were they fine. They were losing. They were completely fine without. They him. were not what we thought they would be with the big three. And they only needed a big one named Kevin Durant in the in the. If they needed it, against then why the Bucks, didn't they make and the finals with it? Because a they half shoe size, a half shoe size too big. That's Did why. he still lose though? A half. You only need one big, one big three. I mean, one big person, and that's Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant is a very good player. We know that. So if you don't have Kyrie Irving, but you still have the beard, who can easily assist to Kevin Durant, there is really Kyrie Irving is an additional plus. Yes, but there is no need for Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie Irving will just weigh this team down. So I think. Well, I agree with everything everything you said about Kyrie Irving's decision, except up to the point where you said they would be worse without him. But everything else you said makes complete sense where you were talking about how it's his decision. I completely agree and support Kyrie's decision. But I personally, he said he understands the consequences of not getting vaccinated. So he is 100% aware of the actions he's taking and how it could impact his team and his salary. And if he's aware of that and he's still making this decision, that is 100% okay. And if he wants to do that, that is what he wants to do. Now, a lot of and we remember when the NFL made this rule where you were they were talking about you could lose pay if you got or if you got COVID and you weren't vaccinated. So that 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 NBA rule, not ML, that not NFL, that NBA rule is very prevalent. And Kyrie Irving is taking that risk of not playing, of losing many games. Uh, salary if he gets COVID. Now, the COVID protocols are 10 days, and in the NBA, that is multiple games, so that could be a big problem for Kyrie Irving. But he understands the consequences, and they, he is, like NFL, like the NFL execs were saying, um, if you have a player that gets COVID, but everyone knows that he was not vaccinated, it is going to be 100 times worse for the player in the media and in public which I agree with that, but that does not change my stance on Kyrie Irving's decision. So I agree with what you said. So my first pick is going to be Taylor Heineke, the Washington football team quarterback. He scored 20 points, 21 points, and 27 points in different games respectively. And he has boomed in two games out of four games, averaging 18 points. He's also a consistent rusher. So look to put him in at QB1 this week. He's playing Kansas City and projected 20.4, but I believe this is a 27-point or more scoring range for Taylor Heineke because the Kansas City defense is the worst-ranked pass defense in the whole league, and I believe that him, Terry McLaurin, Ricky Seals-Jones are going to rip them up with Antonio Gibson. They're going to rip up the defense and Taylor Heineke is going to be a big part, which is why you should start him in fantasy because you're going to get a lot of points out of him. My second pick is going to be Khalil Herbert, the running back for the Chicago Bears. Now, he is projected 13.7 points, but he's playing the 23rd best run defense in Green Bay. And last week, he had 18 carries for 75 yards. And if... Damian, he got more carries than Damian Williams. If Damian Williams wasn't playing, I believe he would have scored at least 20 points. And this game, David Montgomery and uh, Dave Montgomery and Damian Williams are not playing. So I believe Khalil Herbert is going to do very, 
very good. Matthew Berry has said that Khalil Herbert will be a top 25 running back if Damian Williams is out, and he is projected 13.7 points again. He averages, he's averaged 7.6 points, but they've only included the last game, and I believe he's going to score two touchdowns on the ground, as well as over 100 yards rushing and 30 yards catching. Okay, my first pick this week is going to be Sterling Shepard, if he plays. If he doesn't play, it's going to be Kadarius Tony. But whichever Dolph, or well, he will play, actually. He doesn't have an injury designation. So Sterling Shepard, the wide receiver for the New York Giants, he's he hasn't played the last, last two weeks. But this week, he's playing the Rams, who are about an average defense. But the first two weeks, when he was fully healthy, and week three, he got hurt. But the first two weeks, when he was fully healthy, got 24.3 points and then 17.5 was wide receivers uh, I think around wider inside the definitely inside the wide receiver top 10 range so he's a I think he'll be able to easily keep that up and since he has no injury designation even though he's going against Jalen Ramsey he should be good to go for this matchup and I think that this will be a really really good game for them now the second um my second pick is going to be Darrell Williams another player from the Chiefs but Darrell Williams is playing the Washington football team, who, like I mentioned in earlier in this or early in the episode, their defense is average, and Darrell Williams stepping in for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And in the past few weeks when he's or the past few years when he's done that, he's done very, very well. He should be viewed as a very uh, high end, I think, RB2, and especially because personally I think Washington will win this game, but many people say the Chiefs will, and I think if the Chiefs end up winning this game, they'll get ahead early and manage the clock after that. So Jarrell Williams will be a huge part of that and definitely will get, I think, north of 20 carries this game. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. Enjoy the rest of your guys' day, and we'll catch you guys next week on the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast.